Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast. I'm coming to you from Lafayette, and I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here to recap the game against Butler, uh, the final game in the Crossroads Classic. And then we're going to take a look ahead to Purdue's next game, which will be the day this comes out, uh, Monday, against Incarnate Word. So a uh, lot of basketball action, but we're going to start with some football news. Casey, we touched on this, I think, two weeks ago on the podcast when we were talking about players opting out of bowl games. Um, we assumed that George Karloftis and David Bell would make this decision, and it has been announced. Neither of them will play in the bowl game. Uh, Casey, were you surprised at all by that announcement? Not particularly, but let, let's rewind it a second. You're in Lafayette. You had a hypothetical for me what you know food I look forward into look forward to with Lafayette you're in Lafayette right now I am what, what food did you grab what, what what's well, happening I mean, in Lafayette right now what's every meal but one has been home cooked because okay. we've been here for Christmas so you know all my brothers were here um but for dinner since we really didn't need a full meal because we were eating all day um we had some mad mushroom cheese sticks uh for dinner uh so my wife and I were very happy with that I don't get it yeah, I know you don't. And it's because, not even again, mad. We've we, no, we've established you have terrible food opinions, so I don't know why I'm coming to you in this my hour of need. I, I so it's two things. Mad mushrooms, like fine, whatever. The second thing, though, I don't get cheese bread because it's just like pizza again, without sauce. Again, another terrible opinion. What it's are you, just pizza without sauce, and how is that better? Well, I how are how are you this level of Waffle House fat leap if you don't like all <laughs> of these foods? Because I know what good food is. I, I just don't think that you do. I, I just don't. How is it better than pizza? No, it's not better than pizza. Okay. It's an alternative. They're they're different foods. That's like saying, is tacos better than pizza? No, they're not the same. They're different. Okay, it's not the same because the only difference is like one ingredient. I mean, one ingredient can make a big difference. Yeah, Take for cheese the worst. Off pizza. Take cheese off of pizza. Would you eat it? Right, no one does that. 
I mean, I guess you could say that's why bruschetta is. Yeah, and bruschetta is not good. What? And not I have good. awful food taste. Yeah, I don't. I don't Man, need. I hope a, you get drunk for need this. Bruschetta is like top tier appetizer. No, I don't need a crunchy piece of bread with terrible tomatoes on it. Terrible. You I just don't. flavored tomatoes. No. With no, I like just don't garlic need it. and roasted down. Mm. No, no, no. Mm. I don't need it. Mm. Okay, I don't need that on my podcast either. <laughs> Uh, no, I wasn't surprised that Karloftis and Bell were not playing because they're really good and they're going to be in the NFL and bowl games are dumb. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you watched any of the if you watched any of the NFL today, you saw you know uh, multiple players get carted off the field because of one random thing that happens in a game. Uh, players get rolled up on. Players you know get hit from a blind side they don't see coming. They're injured. They may be out two or three games. May get a concussion, like you said a couple weeks ago. Bell already has one concussion on the season and you certainly don't want to rack those up if you're getting ready to get drafted so i wasn't surprised either um it does suck you know as a purdue fan you really would love to see them play but from their perspective it makes perfect sense and it's it's ultimately the right decision for them you know as fans we are selfish we want to see our 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 favorite players and our best players play um but ultimately they had nothing to gain and everything to lose yeah i it's literally one of those don't blame the player blame the game yeah, I mean the system. The system is wrong. Um, it's broken. There are too many bowl games. They mean nothing, and ultimately they're just cash grabs for these corporations and the bowl sponsors and you know everything else uh, who gets money while the players get like a goodie bag that has like a Nintendo Switch and like a towel with the bowl logo on it. So I, I don't think they're going to be missing too much. I assume they may still travel with the team. You know, they may go with them for just for the experience. But um, it, it's. I don't see it as as a bad thing for them. You know, it's the right decision. Purdue obviously will miss them, and um, Purdue obviously won't be as good without them on the field. But ultimately, like I said, it's the right decision for them, so I got to respect it. And in addition to both Karloftis and Bell, um, it was announced this week that Xander Horvath will be playing in the Hula Bowl, uh, which is on January 15th, and he will not be returning. Uh, for the 2022 season, so they they're still saying that he w- he is expected to play in the bowl game. However, um, you know that could change. Um, but he's he's going to the Hula Bowl, and then apparently he either will try for the NFL or he will simply be you know graduating Purdue and and done with football. I'm not sure which route he's going there, but I know he will not be returning for the 2022 season. So that just takes one more guy off the board for next season, especially with a a position that really was decimated this year with injuries, uh, the running back position. So we do know we will not have Horvath for next year. Okay. What is a hula bowl? Uh, It's basically just like like a senior bowl like they oh, okay. they just uh, they invite players and they put together teams i don't watch it because again it's like a it's just a glorified scrimmage more or less i i don't i don't particularly care about it but so, it's in uh, hawaii no you would think it is in orlando oh way less cool yeah yeah you would think the hula bowl would be in hawaii but uh this says it's in orlando florida 2022 you know it'd be cool if it was in like hoopston illinois because then it'd be the Hula Hoopston Bowl. Yeah, there you go. So apparently, I, I'm guessing based on their Twitter account, um, because it does their their Instagram is Hula Bowl Hawaii, which they have linked on their Twitter account. Why? I'm assuming. I know. I'm assuming it's some pandemic related restrictions, okay. so they're having it in Orlando this year. Um, so that is weird. But you know, 
they'll they'll uh, put together this game. Like they they invite team players from all over the country and put it together. But I I don't watch it because again I I just don't care. So that's what we know about football. Uh, <laughs> and enough of that. We'll have more uh, as we preview the bowl game next week. So I want to talk about Purdue's dominating performance over Butler. Uh, in the Crossroads Classic, the last ever Crossroads Classic, unless it's revived years later down the road, uh, because teams like Notre Dame and IU are trying to build a more national schedule, which is why Indiana has only pay, played out of the state of Indiana twice so far this entire season. So clearly they're working on the national brand, and Purdue and Butler are really holding them back. So uh, Purdue finishes the Crossroads with a losing record, but that's okay. Uh, we won this one 77 to 48, just in dominating fashion. Um, Jaden Ivey seemed like the player of the game to me. Uh, I mean, absolutely dominant on offense. Six of six from three, two for two at the line. Total of 22 points, including a couple of nifty little dunks. Uh, Casey, what stood out to you in that game? I know you want to say he's the MVP, but guess who had the highest plus minus of the game? Oh, uh, Trevion? No. No? Let me look. Hold on. You're not allowed to look. No, no, no. I'm looking. I'm looking at like just other stats. I don't have the plus minus in front of me. All right. Ma- maybe Edie. Nope. Isaiah Thompson. Nope. I, okay, I'm out. I'm gonna. Just <laughs> gonna make me name every player. Yeah. Sasha Stefanovic. Really? He's always a sneaky uh, plus minus guy. Well, not even sneaky. It's just our offense runs better when he's on the floor. Yeah, and he looked good. Like he he looked really good. Uh, he looked really good. Not just shooting the ball. Like did yeah. really good catching the ball, getting into traffic, always being on the move. Uh, three assists leads the team again. Uh, but yeah, just just the amount of attention and gravity that he pulls on the offensive court usually means our best lineups are when he's on the floor. But Ivy was definitely the best player. You can't you can't be that good at everything and go six to six from three, which is apparently his weakness. <laughs> but at this point, right. he's shooting forty six percent from three on the year. That six for six really helps. But he's been shooting the ball with a lot of confidence. We saw him make a variety of threes, uh, catch and shoot, step back, double crossover, pull-ups. Just if he's got this in the tank and all of a sudden he's going to be this confident with a jump shot, rut row. Yeah, I mean, I you've talked about throughout this entire season that the guard play for Purdue is really what's let them down in the past and really what, if you want to go far in the NCAA tournament, that's what you need is dominant guard play. And Jaden Ivey gives Purdue that when he's playing like this. I mean... You you pointed out that the three-point shooting has been his weakness, you know, in quotes, which is greatly improved from last year. But, I mean, six of six from three, it, he he just looked incredible in all facets, facets of the game. And if he continues to have games like this, I'm not sure who can keep up with him. Yeah, not – the one thing you can still kind of – I don't love his handle still. And he kind of – his body moves faster than his dribble a lot yeah, of times. Yeah, He's very confident in what he can do, and he ne- he sees three guys in front of him mm-hmm. and says, oh, "I can get around him." Right, and, and body wa- body wise, yeah, he can, he can change direction at a whim. It's just sometimes the ball doesn't get there with him, and you've seen him a couple times just fall over and lose the ball because you know yeah he can get there, but some part of his body is gonna collide into the people around him. But it's very encouraging to see him shoot like that because he's able to get to the hoop and be dynamic the way he is without people respecting his jumper. If they have to start coming out on him, ball game's over. Yeah, and I mean he had three turnovers. Purdue only had ten on the game, so 
he he led the team in turnovers, but I think you can you can live with that when he also scores 22, grabs five rebounds, and like I said, six of six from three. Um, he he just looked great. We'd obviously love to to cut those turnovers down, but like I said, hard to argue with his performance. He just looked great out there, and he's obviously the best guard on Purdue and one of the best guards in the nation. And we need that guard play to carry us through a tough Big Ten season that we've got ahead of us. Yeah, and Isaiah Thompson was a lot better today. Uh, yes, I'll absolutely. give him some credit. He was looking for his shot, which we need him to do. Uh, we drew up a couple plays for him. He was he drove the ball a couple times inside, didn't make it, which you don't really expect him to. But you still you need him to be some kind of facimil- some kind of threat. Uh, but we also got you know we had a lineup change. It was yes, Edie, we did just just as we predicted. Edie going to the bench, Williams stepping into starting lineup, and. Edie was great off the bench, 6 of 8, 14 points, 11 rebounds, uh, two blocks, played a perfect 20 minutes, plus minus, plus 23. He was great. Uh, Trey had a quiet game. Well, he was in foul trouble. He was in foul trouble for a lot of the game. Um, Too too early in the first, and then he got a third uh, early in the second half, and then, of course, that fourth one. And then you're just kind of wondering, you know, is Painter going to keep him in there? I mean, the game was obviously not in doubt at that point, but... Do you want to leave him in there just to see how he plays in those situations? Because invariably he will have a game where he gets in foul trouble and you want him to be able to play smart and understand the situation. So you could kind of look at it as, as preparation for a game when that does happen. Yeah, but I'm not even worried about that. Cause I, I'm pretty sure, especially that fourth foul, even the third foul a little bit, those aren't fouls he makes. I don't think if it's not a blowout already, he's got, you know, sometimes people are so good that, Players are so good that they they literally know when they have to turn it on or turn it off. And we see him go through stretches where uh, four to five minutes, he's not looking to score. He doesn't really care. He's going to do yeah. what he can to create space for other people, rebound the ball well. We saw him dominate the offensive class to start the game. Our offense to start the game was Ivy missing at the rim and Williams cleaning it up. But Edie came in and was dominant. Purdue jumped out to a big lead. And Trey is perfectly happy to do the stuff, you know, the small things around scoring you know facilitating for others grabbing rebounds setting good screens he doesn't need to score and you kind of see just like halfway through that second half after Edie just played for a long stretch Williams like eh, i guess i should score somewhere close to like double digits right so he he said all right uh, these two times i'll take it and he scored he was five and six from the from the field like it, it's crazy how much control he has on a basketball court well, yeah, and and one of those buckets was he got the he got the ball beyond the three point line and just basically decided I'm just gonna take my man off the dribble and I'm gonna get an easy basket near the hoop. Took a couple dribbles, did some you know like a a quick move, got around his guy, easy bucket, and just went down the other court other side of the court. You know, didn't even look like he really tried that hard. It was just there for him because he's that much better than the guy that was guarding him, and he knew it. And he just decided, I'm going to take this one. And then the next trip down, he was probably like, I'll just pass it to somebody else. But yeah, he's just, he's such a threat at every level all of a sudden. Like, he he was pretty athletic for as big as he was last season and his whole career. But it, that short burst quickness he has now, especially that crossover baseline, th- that's kind of a new thing that he deploys, that he can deploy in the perimeter and in the post. And it is, his game is just all about control. He sees everything before the defense does. He knows where the ball needs to be. He knows what he needs to do. And I, I'm going to I'm gonna keep harping on this all season. He controls the game like a guard at center. And that is such a rare thing. 
And now wait, what what exactly do you mean by that? First of all, I mean he can play the perimeter and he can pass like a guard. But he the biggest thing he can do as a big man that most big men can't. He can catch the ball where he's not in a threatening position and get himself into a position where he compromises the defense. Gotcha. Without gotcha. any help. He can dribble from the perimeter, get down into the post if they deny him in the post. Uh, he can it, just anywhere on the floor he's dangerous because he can get to his spots. That's normally what you think of. That's what excites you about Ivy. He can get to the rim. He can get to his jumper. He can get to places. Most big guys, you're like, ah, if you if you do your work early and keep them out of their spots, they're not going to harm you. We see that with Edie. When Edie gets shut down, it's because you know teams are doubling him and they push him a little further push out than he's comfortable. Yeah. Where is Trey not comfortable on the court? Yeah, that, I mean that's a good question. He's even, you know, his three point shooting is not great, but he'll he's shown you that he can at least make that shot, um, and he's not afraid to take it either. I mean, he took one in this game, he missed it, but uh, it's not like it was a terrible shot. Um, he he's truly improved in every facet of of his offensive game, and of course he's still such a great passer that if you do try to run out at him and and throw a second defender at him, he's going to find the open man no matter where on the court that guy is. And with the way that he can handle the ball and move, the most you're not even a big man that can pass out of a double team doesn't super terrify you sometimes. That's why you see teams double still like let him beat it that way because at least someone else still has to do something to beat us. He's quick enough that he can beat the double on his own. And if he does that, your defense has no chance. And these are just kind of things that you don't normally you see rarely with big men, which is why I am still so optimistic about what this team can do, especially in March, because he is a mismatch everywhere and can make you pay at every level. And I think it's just so rare to see. And it's a reason why we have two guys in Kim Palm who are in the top 10 national players of the year. And he just had 10 points, six rebounds, Two assists, six boards, six rebounds, yeah, two assists, 18 minutes of play. Just that stat line doesn't doesn't read crazy, but the efficiency of that when you pull it out to 40 minutes, and then just the way you feel that he just dominates every possession that he's on the floor. There's not many guys that can do it like that, and he deserved to start. He played well to start the game, so it's good to see. And just you match him with we haven't even talked about Edie. Edie was great. Oh yeah, Edie was dominant, and this is. This is what we can offer that other teams just – how do you match up with that? Yeah, I mean, we, we got a seven foot four guy now coming off the bench, finished with 14 and 11 on six of eight shooting, and hit both of his free throws, which when you're seven foot four, that's quite an accomplishment. Got some help because he missed the first one. but Well, yeah, but hey. Playing violation. <laughs> technically, that free throw never happened, so it's true. he didn't miss it. Yeah, it's just – you know, we've we had a dry little spell there for a little while where – Trey was out, Ivy was out, and Sasha were out all at the same time. And I hope we never have to see that again. I know yeah, Cook Painter is trying lineup. to trying to figure these rotations out, but if he's going to rely on that to play even two minutes a game, I am going to pull my hair out. Because <laughs> that is just taking every playmaker we have on the roster off the floor at the same time, and I don't think that's doing us any favors. Also, Caleb First played better again. Very I was just encouraging. About to that, yeah. And I don't think it's an accident that that's partially happening because when he starts with Trey, he gets more minutes with Trey. Yeah. I was just about to ask, I was going to bring this up because you mentioned this in the group chat numerous times. And I think you mentioned it on the pod as well. You, you pointed out that you think Caleb first and Trevion Williams being on the floor at the same time is best for Caleb first. And I wondered if you could expand on why you think that is. Yeah. It's, 
it's a combination of I love first size and his ability to move. It makes him such a dangerous weapon inside cutting. And we saw that, you know, I think he had three dunks, all of them on dump offs from other people where he just cut hard, got to where he needed to be. He was found and he was able to throw it down. That is just uh, that's not something that Mason Gillis does naturally. And that's not something that Edie's normally going to take advantage of because he's not a great passer. So you maximize that when you bring someone like Trey Williams, who draws all that attention and who's a great passer. And first, just he comes, he was the guy in high school. He wants to score. He knows how to score. And he's the rare kind of guy that knows how to score with the ball in his hand. And when it's not in his hand. So when he can bring that kind of IQ speed and length, he's just so dangerous and when you can match him up with a big that knows how to take advantage of that, that is the way you maximize someone like first who's still not his offensive game. He's going to eventually be able to score all three levels consistently on his own right now, though, you know, that's he needs a little time to get adjusted to college ball to learn how to be effective at other things at this level. But for right now, as a cutter, as a guy who just gets in the right spots, hits an open jumper when he has them. He's just perfect to play next to someone like Trey Williams. Gotcha, gotcha. So I think looking around the rest of the team, obviously we're still uh, still aboard the Ethan Morton train. Oh, and yeah. I, I wanted to point this out because I mentioned this on Twitter, and there was someone in our mentions who was basically saying that Ethan Morton was trash, and his guy scored more than him in the game, so he lost. That is some advanced metrics. Yeah, and I was like, that is not really how basketball works um and somebody of course came in and was like no man his plus minus was great and he's like show me where it was so people showed him a uh he was like somebody because somebody said i think he was like plus 18 and of course they were wrong because he was plus 24 in that nc state game um so they showed him that and then he tried to change the subject so i had you look up his plus minus today and i think you told me he was plus nine plus nine on this game yeah yeah and and what was what was sasha uh, you said he was our number one plus 31. Okay. See, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, so you take that, but I mean, obviously uh, we both agree that Ethan Morton is a positive on this team. He, he was one for one from three. That was his only shot of the game. Also was one for two from the line, uh, dished out three assists, grabbed one rebound. So I think both him and Gillis and of course Edie, but uh, Gillis as well were positives off the bench. Gillis was four for four from the line, grabbed four rebounds and a, got an assist, no turnovers. Um, but I mean, it's, it's beginning to get concerning to me that both Brandon Newman and Eric Hunter Jr. are continuing to struggle um, so greatly on the offensive end. Newman was 0 for 4 from 3. Eric Hunter Jr. 0 for 2 from 3. Um, Hunter was 0 for 3 from the field overall. Neither finished with any points. Um, Eric Hunter Jr. had 18 minutes. Newman had 10 uh, I'm sorry, Newman had one point. He made a free throw. Um, but, I mean, that's that's 28 minutes right there from two-year guards, and you wind up with one point. Um, and, and that's just not great. And they, they've struggled in this last stretch of games. Hunter had those few good minutes um, against NC State. But overall, uh, they don't seem to be giving us what we need. And, that, and that's a little concerning to me because, as you say, guard play in March is how you win. Yeah, if there's – you know, Morton played 19 minutes again this game. We're seeing his role expand. And we usually see there's usually one on a on a coach painter team. There's usually one guy who surprises. It becomes way more of the rotation than we expected or was in it to start the year. And one guy who kind of picks up those minutes and gets in into the rotation more than you would expect. Morton looks like to be the looks to be the person that is catching on in the rotation. 
And Brandon Newman is falling out. He only played 11 minutes, had five fouls in those 11 minutes. Oh, yeah, I didn't even – I failed to even mention that he fouled out. And, yeah, missed all four of his three-point shots. He had better looks today, um, so that's encouraging because that NC State game, not only did he miss his shots, he just took really bad shots, which is not not a combo you want. And it's getting a little concerning. It's – the offense doesn't look the same when he's out there as it does with Sasha or Morton or even Thompson at times. Yeah, I'd say even Thompson, yeah. It's just uh, he doesn't look that comfortable. He doesn't seem to know where to attack. What what he does best seems to be a mystery to him. So it's it's getting concerning to the point where, you know, he played 11 minutes tonight, and I'm not sure that's not what we're going to have going forward. Yeah. So one last thing on this game before we take a break. Uh, you mentioned in the last pod that you thought this could be Purdue's get-right game. Do you think this was sufficient enough for you to be considered a get-right game for Purdue? Absolutely. We shot 50% from three. Uh, we only turned the ball over 10 times. Edie got going. Uh, Ivy got going from three. Stefanovic had a good game. Trey had a good game. Thompson, two big threes, looked aggressive, getting to his shots, and first jump back. I don't know what more we could wanted. Obviously, Newman was the one disappointment, but we will live with that. You know, yeah. one guy not going off, that's fine. Yeah, and you hold your opponent to 48 points. Yeah, you'll take that every day. So I agree. Great performance for Purdue. So uh, enough about Butler. We're going to take a break, and we're going to finish up the podcast looking at Monday's opponent, uh, Incarnate Word. We'll be right back. And we are back. We're going to talk about Purdue's next game, which is coming up on Monday, which hopefully you are listening to this on Monday, December 20th. They are taking on the Incarnate Word Cardinals. Uh, you may recognize their head coach if you are a longtime Purdue basketball fan. That is going to be Dr. Carson Cunningham, who's now been with the program since 2018. Uh, they are not doing so great this year. Currently sit at two and nine in the Southland Conference. And Casey, this is something I've never seen on uh, a team's schedule when I go and look at their record and see who they've played on ESPN. They have two teams, two opponents, where you can't even click on their name. Uh, because there's apparently no information on them. Ooh. Uh, so that is going to be Concordia, Texas, who they lost Pretty sure that's to. just a city. Yeah. They might have taken on the city. Yeah, the whole city. Uh, they lost 82 to 78. You can't even click on them to see more information. And they lost to them. And they lost to them. They are also then, not on Ken Palm. And then this is the best one to me. This was a win. They won 93 to 66. Such a good name. But they played Our Lady of the Lake. I think that won an Oscar. No. No, you're thinking of The Shape of Water, maybe? Same thing. Uh, But Our Lady of the Lake, that's something out of Arthurian legend, isn't it? Are you trying to make me sound dumb because I don't know? I think it is. Wasn't the Lady lady of the Lake held the sword? I thought a stone held the sword. I think you might be thinking of the Disney version. (laughs) With, you know, the Merlin and he turned him into a bird and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's you're thinking of literally the sword and the stone. Correct. But regardless, is that not historically accurate? I don't think it's historically accurate. My life is a uh, lie. But, but regardless, who's your favorite doctor? Seuss, maybe. I, what are we going with here? Oh, I was gonna say uh, Doctor Who. Oh, see, I don't watch Doctor Who. Oh, you would like Doctor Who. I, I have nothing against Doctor Who. I've just never watched it. Never gotten into it. I'm just saying you would like it. You like campy. I do. I do. So. Uh, but we've got Dr. Carson Cunningham on the sidelines uh, for Incarnate Not your Word. favorite doctor? I mean, he's fine. What if he would have taken the Purdue assistant head coaching job that Painter I, I offered mean, him this offseason? 
I think it would have been a good move for him career-wise, uh, but maybe that's not what he's looking for. You know, I was I was telling Casey during the break that if you go and look on their their Incarnate Word website and go to the staff, you know, they highlight, of course, what they've done as a team and their uh, contributions uh, to the conference and what they've done. But then you look at one section that's talking about uh, how much community service they do and how they did during the pandemic with community service and where they volunteer. And it's very admirable, but it's just kind of out of sorts with what you expect when you're, you know, you're used to Big Ten basketball and you're only talking about coaching of the year awards, how many player of the years you've had, have you had many people drafted, uh, titles, conference tournaments, you know, things like that. And here they've, they've got quite a lot of ink uh, on volunteer work. So it's just a different world there in the Southland, I guess. Yeah, I mean... Not everyone's priorities have to be the W. Sometimes you're just trying to catch a win with the big guy up in the sky, you know? Yo, there you go. There you go. Um, Undefeated so Casey, against God. I know. <laughs> moving on. With God. I, I know you've watched just a smidgen of highlights. Oh, yeah. Word, because really, that's probably all we need. Uh, is there anything you can tell me? No. All right. They're not well, very good. So it's weird. They're not good, but they also haven't been like blown out, blown out in the way I would expect. Like, I've seen Incarnate Word play because we played them in, in the, you know, previous past, not that long ago. And I've the, covered the, some games the with The previous past? Is that different than the future past? Yeah. I just saw Spider-Man, so I'm all, all about that timeline. Nope. Line. No spoilers. Don't even talk about it. <laughs> uh, so, it, I would expect, so, like, the game I was watching was a neutral floor game against Texas Tech. You would, you would expect they lost by a, a whole lot to Texas Tech, right? Yeah, I would imagine. They only lost by 22. They played Baylor earlier in the year. They put 60 points on Baylor. That's like That's three times what Villanova did. Right. So they're not good. Uh, none of their advanced metrics are good. Uh, they don't shoot the ball particularly well. They definitely don't defend well. Uh, they're not a good team, but somehow they, they score a decent amount of points. So Yeah, can't take that away from them. They shoot a lot of threes. I think that's what it is. Uh, what is their – do you have any idea what their percentage is? you have that number in front of you? Like what they shoot? Yes. 32%. Not great. Okay. I mean, not terrible. That's better than what uh, Rutgers was going into our game, right? Uh, Correct. They're 213th in the nation, so not great. But they shoot a lot of them. They shoot like 35% of their shots or threes. That uh, seems high. Uh, It's like 100th most in the country. So it's a lot, but not like a crazy amount of lot. I, I don't know why. I would – they are – Projected to lose like every game for the rest of the season besides. Oh my gosh. Uh, Houston Baptist, they're supposed to win. And then. Houston Baptist. Purdue had a guy who transferred there back in the mid 2000s. And I'm so angry. I cannot think of which player that is. Continue your rant. I'm going to Google it. I, it's not much of a rant. They're just, I don't think they're very good. And it's not, you know, we, we were, if. If the Butler game wasn't a get-right game, this game will definitely be a get-right game. One where hopefully, you know, we can go to the bench pretty early and be a nice little Christmas present for all Boilermaker fans. So, no, during during your talk there, I did not find which Purdue transfer uh, wound up at, at Houston Baptist, but I'm sure someone in, listening to this will remember uh, and they'll tell us. Or else I'll remember in the meantime and post it when I post the story tomorrow. But, okay, so it sounds like Incarnate Word is not really someone – we need to uh, be too terribly worried about. Is that correct? Uh, no worry. Of the worries, there are none. Okay. I like I like games with no worries. 99.98% um, Ken Palm percentage to win. 
That seems pretty good. That's high. Yeah. Um, does that ever go to 100? I assume no. Um, Incarnate Word has 100% win percentage against Trinity, Texas on December the 30th. It's wild. I, I don't know how you can possibly go to 100. That seems... It might be because Trinity, Texas is not in Ken Palm. Ah, there you go. That could be. So I figured out the transfer to Houston Baptist. Do you want to know who it was? Hit me with it. I've it was been... Gordon Watt. Oh, I read that name. I thought it sounded vaguely familiar. So there we go. Gordon Watt transferred from Purdue to Houston Baptist. Um, averaged 16.4 points per game for them in 07-08. So he, uh, he had some success. But uh, the only other thing I want to say about this Incarnate Word game, uh, as my wife dances in front of me to try to distract me, uh, is that okay. I will be... I will be in attendance uh, at the game tomorrow. The first okay. game uh, back in Mackey in about, man, eight, nine years, maybe more. It's been that long, Edmund? Yeah, I mean, it's been a while. You've been to Lafayette. What? Well, yeah, What's but it, wasn't nec- it hasn't necessarily been during basketball season or when the team has been at home. Uh, so when when they announced uh, the sale for tickets for this game, uh, they put them on sale for five bucks. <laughs> my brother my brother bought uh, a few extras so him and his whole family could go. And since he has season tickets, they have two extras. So my, my mom and I are going to the game tomorrow. So just by happenstance, your brother didn't actually think about you while spending no, no, five dollars yeah. for tickets. Yeah, he didn't he didn't buy these intentionally for me. He's not that nice. Uh, he just he bought tickets for uh, himself, his wife, and his two sons, and then obviously they want to sit together. So because of that, then they have the season tickets that they normally use uh, that he split with my dad. So now uh, we are using those tickets tomorrow. I see. Well, at least you know you'll get to go see a victory. Uh, are the students out of town? Probably out of yes, town. Yes, they yes they are not they are not there for the game. So no paint crew. And that's one reason they put the tickets on sale. You know, they want a sellout when the students aren't going to be there. Um, yeah, that's why they always schedule these these weird out-of-conference games with terrible opponents because they don't want to have an opportunity for a crazy upset when the paint crew isn't there. That entirely checks out. Yeah. So um, I have nothing else on this game because it should be uh, a bit of a blowout. It will be interesting to me to see Carson Cunningham as the coach on the other sideline. I know obviously we this lived. is the- – well, this is the reason why why uh, Purdue scheduled this game. Um, uh, I know Painter does this with a lot of his his former teammates or former players who get coaching gigs. You know, they'll they'll throw them a bye game, so they'll come in and uh, often get embarrassed. But you know, it's good for the program. They get a little cash and hopefully learn learn from it and get a play at a big place like Mackey. And it's good for a lot of those smaller schools. They get something out of it, so it's it's good. I like to see that. Will we score a hundred points for the first time this year? I don't think so. I don't think so. You heard it here. Ledman has no support. Yep, that's right. No faith. No faith. So I'm really looking forward to being back in Mackey tomorrow. Um, uh, It should be a great game just because I think Purdue is going to score a lot of points. Probably not 100, but it'll be fun to see. And uh, can't wait to be back. Casey, anything else about Incarnate Word before we we sign off? I'm, I'm tapped out. All right. Well, for Casey and myself... Thank you for listening. Make sure to rate, review, hammer that subscribe button, and uh, we will chat with you next week, folks. Boiler up.